Coming up on this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast, we have all the latest news, plus we take a look at Italansi, and we have a special guest interview with Artu Ruska from KPL. That's all coming up on this episode of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of the Super Pessis Roundup podcast. I'm your host, Ian Alba, and joining me, as always, is our resident coach. It's Mikko Pjörhonen. Mikko, how are you doing? Oh, good. Uh, it's the Now we're at the business end. Like I've been talking about it for a good month or so, but now it's, the, now it's actually true. Uh, the last week. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, so basically the regular season ends for both men and women this week, and men are even starting the like semi, uh, sorry, quarterfinal qualifiers this weekend. But uh, yeah, it seems like there's there's a game every day, and uh, things are getting weird, <laughs> weirder and weirder all the time. Yeah, we're we're really fast approaching that that sort of end of the regular season, and there's this scramble on from all of the teams in the men's and the women's super basis just to try and get as many points as they can, try and finish as high in the standings as they can. For some, their position is already sealed. For example, Vimpoli, we know are the regular season champions. Uh, likewise, Mansa in the women's are the regular season champions as well. Uh, we also know that uh, Aliarvi will be fighting for their future in Superpesis and probably Koskan Korva as well. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 really exciting. There's only a few games left. I did a couple of posts on the blog last week, uh, working out some calculations, um, and yeah. Every point counts for some of these teams, and it's really close uh, between between some of the teams in the the positions. Um, but before we start talking about uh, the the final games to come and and where everybody is in the standings, we'll deal with a little bit of news. And one of the things that's really going to impact one of these teams going forwards is the loss of their all-star level pitcher, and that has happened to Kiritret. Um, for the now, at the very least, uh, Mari Manson and picked up an injury in the uh, Vasa game uh, last week. Um, Miko, seven years without missing a game through injury, that's quite a stretch. But now, perhaps more than ever, Kiritret need that level of uh, of skill, 
of expertise. I mean, we talked in the opening part of the the season about how Kerritaret had had this huge drain of talent from their their established team, this loss of experience. How do you think this is going to impact them in the coming weeks and and possibly into the uh, postseason as well? Well, enormously, obviously. I mean, they are in a complete rebuilding mode, and she is like she epitomizes the very essence of winning, and she has been even when they they have had their best teams in the in the past couple of years. She has been the one who's been the driving force and uh, for me easily the best pitcher there has been for the last three, four or more years in in, in women's superbases. And the loss is it's, uh, it's a huge one. It would be for anyone, but uh, for this team at this moment, it's uh, it's a bit of a blow. Hmm. I think there's a chance for Kiritret to to really steady the ship by getting behind the idea of they're 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 having to be the underdogs for perhaps the first time in a very long time by some margin uh, going into the postseason and, and maybe it's a kind of well we we need to step up now. Um, they certainly showed their metal against um, Hamina the other day. They absolutely blew them away in the second yak, so it was um, it was incredible. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a really tough postseason for them. The biggest uh, oppositions, of course, Mansa, Pori, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a really tough matchup, uh, either of those two for them. Uh, coming on then to the next bit of news I wanted to talk about and that was the uh, World Cup we've now had the World Cup played in Hervinka uh, of course we didn't have the, the Asian teams joining us but a pretty good turnout we had uh, teams of course from Australia, Switzerland uh, Germany joining Finland but also uh, places like Canada uh, as well, that was great to see um, Finland sweeping the board obviously in terms of, of gold but some incredible performances and hats off to uh, our friends uh, in Australia and Switzerland in particular um, Mikko did you manage to catch any of those games The, the um, I saw there was a, a live feed from uh, Ruto for the final day and I managed to pick up some of them live I was, was begging <laughs> Hoping somebody had a live feed somewhere, and I was, I was blessed to find it in the end. Yeah, I managed to get those uh, couple of games, and uh, not as much as I would have liked to, but uh, I think it was like a fun event, and that's how everybody took it. So it's like that is what the World Cup is nowadays. And now it's like, for me, it's a big, like, decision time, a talking point that where do we want to go from here? That what, do we want to keep the World Cup like this or do we want it, do we want it to be a bit more competitive? And uh, do we want to build like grassroots stuff? Uh, but uh, that's, that takes a lot. 
that takes a different approach and that would like that takes a completely different mindset to the to the whole thing and uh, I don't know maybe I will see it in my lifetime that it will happen but uh, so far it's uh, uh, I, I like the event but yeah that's about it yeah i think we've we've spoken a few times this season about how we'd really like to see the event move forward become less of just this kind of friendly competition this kind of spectacle um and and more of a real competitive kind of event and that th- th- there are people out there who who will play in a competitive event and we know that a lot of hard work is going in in particular in uh, the asian subcontinent with their training schemes but like you say there's got to be a driving force for it and whilst we're still seeing this focus on (laughs) trying to grow the domestic game it's hard to see that that focus is going to uh, to come anytime soon. Um, we have these big, bold statements uh, about how the Federation wants to see the game grow and doubling audience sizes and so on and so forth. So I'd like to think that there's room in there somewhere to see a little bit more growth for the international game. But until then, um, I want to say a big congratulations to everybody who took part and uh yeah i'd I'd love to uh be able to attend (laughs) one day i was really hoping this year but sadly i was unable to do so so moving on then to our uh, final piece of news and we'll talk about uh how the teams are, are playing a little later but Actual games we had over the weekend, if you've been living under a rock or not been paying attention, um, it was Italansi, and it was in Sotkamo, of course, um, with some huge numbers attending, uh, pleased to see, uh, for the Mariex Stadium. Um, Miko, the big ticket games, the rain couldn't dampen people's spirits, it was a very wet uh, two days, but some incredible uh, games were had. Uh, what was your take on the two games? Oh, actually, I think that the whole event was one of the best in years. I mean, including the boys and girls uh, Italian games as well, uh, and the arrangements and the, like the competitions between the players and so forth. It was uh, it was extremely well organized. And I think that I, I've only heard positive things about it. And the games were high quality as well. And there was, uh, it was overall a very positive event. And uh, there was a, like a good amount of humor in it as well. And this trick, a bit of trickery and so forth. So that, that's the way the event should be. But uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but when you speak about uh, raining, uh, yeah, 
It was one of my first uh, Italianci events that I that I actually entered as a uh, spectator uh, exactly thirty years ago when they still had they played on gravel, so it was not it was not an artificial surface, and it was pouring down. It was like the players were sliding ten meters when they were uh, when they were heading slide head for head first to bases and uh, the men's game had to be called off after i think four five six uh innings and uh, if it was a regular season game they wouldn't have played it at all at all but that is that is actually my first memory of entering italians well like you say, the the way that this was put together, it was a real event. And we talked earlier on um, in the show about uh, how Pesapalo could create these these events, uh, make game days events, and and Sotcom, uh, as hosts for this Italansi this year certainly did that. And I, I really love the little competition bits in there. Um, Ivari Vihanto, jeez, hundred mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> throw that's pretty pretty impressive um but yeah i i really enjoyed it it was an absolutely great uh weekend and uh i'd love to see a little bit more of these these kind of um elements finding their way into regular season games for the teams obviously italancy it's the big ticket it's the big game it's well, games, um, but it's 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 the big celebration of the sport. So it, it has to be big. It has to be bold. Um, the games themselves, um, we've talked before about how uh, teams are, are made up and how uh, players either play for East or West and how those boundaries are drawn up. Again, I've seen some people talking on social media about tearing up that idea, having maybe north, south, east and west, you know, would that work as then semi-finals and finals? And whether it's, you know, breeder clubs, whether you play for your your area based on your breeder club as opposed to the club you're signed for now. And when you look at results like for the women's uh, east and west, um, the West by far were superior. They they were again last year and the year before. Where, where do you think the balance should lie with this Miko? Because we see these these sort of imaginary lines with East and West drawn up all the time, and Mansa kind of <laughs> seems to be in both both camps, depending on on what year you're looking at. Um, what what do you think the the best approach is from here on out? It needs to be east and west, where I would draw the line. That's a question that I mean. Just when we take a look at how the teams are, uh, how they are geographically, there's not a lot that can be done. I mean, if you if you want a fair event out of it, uh, you have top teams from East as well. 
bad. Uh, it's just that uh, like the teams just happen to be on that west western side where where it's like it's a far more condensed area of teams and uh, so <laughs> I don't know I I was a big fan of the Brita club idea but uh, I, I think it works like this I mean it's not, not like it's 6-0 six 6-0 nil, six nil. Like all the time, they are competitive games, and uh, I I wouldn't change a lot. But let's put it that way. Hmm. It seems to be the sort of annual discussion on social media <laughs> to try and make it some closer or better blockbuster. But actually, when you look at the men's, could there have been a better blockbuster it really was a game of of two halves in many respects um in the end of course it was the robokorhonen show in many ways five runs batted in the guys are legend we know that and he's still uh beating records um almost seemingly almost every month um Mikko, were you impressed with, with Roper's display, of course, in his home field as well? For sure. Uh, even though he has skipped the event for, for I think, four, uh, three, four seasons in a row, but now he played because it was <laughs> in his own backyard, uh, basically. And uh, he's a... He... He's a star in a way that he's, uh, he is a legend of the game. He likes the attention. He draws the attention. He knows how to take his crowd. And uh, and he's in a position to pre- break like all-time records. And uh, like I said, we are recording this on Monday. And he's one run away, one RBI away from breaking the all-time RBI record. And they have a game tomorrow at home against Yumer Yusit. So the odds are that he's going he's gonna to strike those two RBIs and then he's officially going to be the best of all time, which is, which is kind of curious because he has only won one uh, title as the like the most runs batted in in a season. Hmm. Well, the, um, I'm just looking at the schedule. It's actually Huvinkanta. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, Sorry, they're, they're playing Sorry. tomorrow at home. No. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, Tarko is not a team with a, a strong defense. They they pride themselves on on their offense. So. Um, at Mariak's Stadium in Sotkamol, I mean that's. Almost an inevitability um, that he'll he'll break that record, uh, possibly before this podcast is even out. But yeah, I mean, I have every respect for the man. He's, he's an incredible player, and um, I can't wait to to see where these things go next. Um, so that'll just about do it for the news section 
uh, this week. We now have an interview with a special guest. It's Artu Ruska from KPL. Joining me now on the podcast is a player who I have the privilege of saying I've seen in one of the most exciting and very bizarre games of Pessis that uh, I've come across. Um, he originally started his career in 2012 with Pimpley's B-Boys before making his Super Pessis debut in 2015. Um, he formed part of the championship-winning teams for Vimpli in 2016 and 17, before moving on to Kankampa in 2019 and 2020 seasons. Now, with Kovlon Palan Luyat, it's Artu Ruska. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, and we will talk a little bit about that uh, that game in a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, and, and, and nice to be here. <laughs> now, one of the questions I, I like to ask uh, all of my guests, really, is is how they uh, first started out in Pesapalo. Um, what was your story? Uh, so I I grew up uh, in a in a in a small village in in Halswa where where uh, lives around thousand thousand people. So so there is not many uh, different different uh, sports where where you can where what you what you can. Uh, <laughs> Uh, play, play, or 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 just just have have a hobby. But uh, with my with my big brother, I went to baseball uh, practice uh, at the age of six, and since then I have <laughs> I have played uh, played baseball, and and of course my uh, my my father has has also has also played played baseball. It it was it was decision <laughs> when I, when I was six. Also also I have I have a. Um, just just tried uh, uh, floor ball and and ice hockey and and so on every every kind of sports but uh, but uh, but the pesapallo has been always the always the number one sport for me well it's it's interesting again that the family connections i i often find that pesapallo is a very um very good sport for families you know you see this going through the generations who would do your sporting heroes have been growing up yeah yeah my my, my sporting heroes yeah yes yeah, so uh so in so in Pesapalo I will name uh Tony Kohonen and and Sami Harpakoski they they both have uh been my teammates and also my opponents <laughs> opponents and and I have looked up for them uh at the at the age of 10 10 uh, and and furthermore from from there and and there is a lot of more Pesapalo uh, legends that, that that I have watched, like like Janiko Mulainen and Rope Korhanen, who 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 uh, still still plays and and so on. But uh, other other uh, sports heroes than uh, than 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 Pesapallo. Uh, Pesapallo I I will name from from ice hockey. I I I have, I have always liked to to watch uh, NHL and and uh, and goalies, <laughs> goalies. So 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 Martin Prodeur and uh, Patrick Roa. <laughs> now, I talked a little bit about your career so far at the the top of the interview. What is your favorite moment of your career so far? Mm, I will name uh, 2017 the the uh, championship and uh, and. Uh, I I throw the the last throw for the season, so so the the season ended there, and it was a it was a, 
and uh, uh, and uh, that was very very uh, special moment moment for me, <laughs> of course, because that was that has been always always a dream. And and in the uh, in the 2016, I wasn't playing in the last match match, but uh, uh, but in the 2017, that was the special moment for me. Throughout the career that you've had so far, you've you've played in some different positions. The fielding position you've played at most is uh, Siapari, also known sometimes as a catcher in English. Um, have you noticed a change in that role since you started playing? Or yeah, yes, uh, the game has has changed it uh, very much faster, and the and the runners are very fast now. So so around. <laughs> You have to be on the ball uh, from 2.3 seconds after the ball has hit the bat. Uh, it's it's so it's so mathematical now now because the data is is everywhere, everywhere. So so it is it is very very challenging that you ha- you have to be very near, but but in the but in the same 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 level you you have to catch the. <laughs> The, the very 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 fast balls that comes around 180 kilometers per hour <laughs> towards you so so it's it's very challenging now nowadays because it's uh, the the players have have developed so much faster and stronger nowadays i think i think that the that is the biggest change in in the past few years and how have you approached that role and and seen how it's changed mm, for uh i i always look look like uh, uh what what opponent uh uh hitters what what kind of uh person person there is uh, for the for the left side or the or the right side of the field and and you have to <laughs> calculate that the the opportunities that, that, that what what is what is the uh, what is the the uh, and uh, possibility that that uh, that the hitter will 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 hit for you the ball ball and 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 etc it's so uh, there is a <laughs> There is there is no so so much systematical within within the the hittings hittings for the for the Sieppari that that uh, you have to prepare very very well now nowadays for the games. Now at the start of the season this year, uh, it was confirmed that Elias Pitkinen uh, wouldn't be able to play for Gola. Uh, this year, he was out for the whole season through an injury. Now, this year, of course, was the first year Elias was going to be full time as as pitcher in Superpaces team, with Yannick Vipelto having left uh, last year. How did the team manage and adapt to that situation? Mm, of course, the the situation came up uh, very quickly yeah, just just before the regular regular season has 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 started but uh, luckily we have we have Alexi Alexi Vainio that that managed to 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 play very well uh, uh, for the for the beginning of the of the, of the regular season and and so for the for the for the days <laughs> the days games also also but um, it uh, it of course changed a little bit our game because uh, Alexi plays 
with with different strengths uh, than than Elias that that we have uh, practiced uh, earlier in 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 winter. But uh, <laughs> when I when I when I checked the the, the scoreboard and and we are third, <laughs> I said that the the change has been uh, succeeded, <laughs> luckily. But but of course it was a challenging challenging time time and and we don't we didn't have so much extra extra time to to train to train with uh, with our with our new pitcher but 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 uh, uh alexi has uh trained trained with with elias within within our our team also also in winter but but of course it's it changed such much <laughs> before that before the season started yeah well i i recently uh did a, a blog post on uh statistics in Pesapolo and um i created a spreadsheet that was looking at defensive statistics that basically i've created from the data that already exists and one of the one of the things that really struck me was okay sodkamo has the best defense in the league i think everybody knows that and vimpley has the best offense in the league but kpl had either the second or third best in each of those two categories so as a team Coppola is probably more balanced because Coppola's defense on when looking at these statistics is better than vimpley's Coppola's offense looking at these statistics is better than Sotkamo's. What do you think Kovala's strengths are this year? Mm, our our strength I think is uh that we have the the strategy what what has uh, shown the balance balance for the for this season. Uh but we have very very much uh quick runners and and Patrick was then that that hits much much <laughs> runs <laughs> runs this year uh, it it gives us uh, many many uh, many styles and 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 opportunities to play because we can we can play from from number 1 and from number 3 or 3 we 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 can start the start the uh, start our our uh, inning and, and 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 from the 6 all on on number seven we have we have a very very uh very uh, large scale scale of of the of fast legs in in our team so that is that is very 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 big strength because because uh when the when the postseason starts it will uh, not not be so so fresh playing in in every team so so we have to have to have have uh many 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 styles and 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 many uh many many points we can we can start our our uh, attacking and and also the, the ability to to modify our our strategy against uh, different opponents every every team plays plays uh, them them all their their own style own, own styles and we have to modi modify our our uh, style for for them well i mentioned at the very start of this podcast uh, a game that i had the pleasure of coming to watch at kss last year um that was on the 22nd of july last year but i remember it very clearly because it was uh, against patioki and uh, 
Govla came back in the fourth inning of the first yak, so from six nothing down to lead the the yak, so nine uh, six. And one key player in that offense was you. Um, you came to bat four times in the inning. You uh, reached first base on your first attempt and then uh, came around to score a run. And then the three other times at bat, you uh, brought home Mati Salko from third base <laughs> with three RBS. Now, you've done that. Uh, you've brought a runner home from third base three times in a game in your career, now six times uh, in your Super Pisces career. Um, but I think this is the first one I can think of in any field or statistic where the player has done it in the same inning and with the same the same runner as well. Yeah, um, and, and 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 it was uh, within within uh, within three different uh, rounds we were hitting, so yeah. it was very, <laughs> very, very, very uh, un unusual situation. I I I didn't remember, but you mentioned before we before we have this in interview, <laughs> this game, this game, and, and I check it and and I look at wow, what has happened in this match, and and I have to mention we. We lost the we lost the yaks yeah. at the period still twelve twelve nine but it was very 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 unusual game and and always uh, against Patioki there is I can't explain how how we play against them every year but yeah like you, I say you can continue <laughs> yeah, more more details about that game you were watching. Well, I, I I went back just in in preparation for this interview. I went back and watched that inning again, um, because I really wanted to to look at how you came and you approached the plate. Because obviously, uh, when you first came to the the plate, um, Govla were were up against it. You you were you were close to losing that that yak. So, um, and yet you seemed pretty calm. I mean, a lot of your teammates also, I think you had a lot of belief that you could score and then that belief came to reality and a lot of the the fans that I was around in the stands were, were cheering. Um, obviously, the, the, in the, the end results didn't go the way that, uh, that you'd hoped, but it, it, it was incredible to watch that inning again and just see how you approach those hits. They, um, the first time you brought Matisalko from from third base, it was a beautiful short hit um, about I don't know three or four meters out from from home base. Patioki have got their fielding way back, so they're not expecting it. They're not expecting it at all. So Toppy still, who was pitching for for Patioki last year, has got a choice. He either goes and gets the ball. And leaves home base to try and go and get it, or he depends on one of his infielders to try and run and get it. But it's too late. It was beautifully executed. I really recommend anybody listening to this to go and watch that. It was fantastic. I I, I wish that that, that that I remember that that shot, but I <laughs> I can't. I can't. But yeah, <laughs> sounds so, sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> now. In previous years, we know that uh, Kopla have been uh, favoured to win the championship. But coming into this season, a lot of uh, people in the media or fans have thought, well, 
maybe KPL are on a bit of a downturn, obviously with uh, Kivipelto having left Elias Pitkinen, who is a very good uh, prospect and pitcher. The big question was whether he, he was ready. And then, of course, that news that he wasn't now available. Do you think the pressure's off KPL this year? Do you think that this maybe is the year that you win that championship? Yes, it's, uh, yeah, 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 of course. I, I think that it has, it has shown between the, the top seven teams this year that everybody can win <laughs> everyone. And, and lose for everyone. It it has changed very very much the the, the situation between between the, uh, different teams, and and yeah, I I I like to be underdog. <laughs> it's 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 very it's very pleasant situation because we we believe that that we can we can win the win win the championship and and the pressure is not not on us, not on us. But but there there is. There is, uh, like I like I said, six other teams that that are very very good, and and the, and the thing that we have to win at least, uh, I was it was it that 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 in, that in first round postseason that that we need four four wins, but but after that <laughs> three wins, but uh, yeah, we have we have to win win one times more than than the opponent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and it's and it's and it's difficult, of course, of course, because this is this is like like a, like chess. Every 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 game we we play, both teams make some changes, and and we have to react for them. So there is <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> I can't say well, what what kind of strategies we we will see in in postseason, but. But yeah, I I believe that that we are we are we are strong, strong after the August. <laughs> <laughs> now you you mentioned obviously there are um, a number of different teams who could do all kinds of things in the postseason. If you could choose which team you would play in the first round, which team do you think you would pick? I will. Uh, I, I will. I would like to say that 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 Manse because because uh, my my little brother plays this, but but I hope we 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 meet at the finals <laughs> in the in the in the finals. So so I say that uh, Kempele or Joensu, I think. I think and uh, Joensu has now a little bit struggling in the in their game, so that will be the. The, the the team I I name for the for the first round, but but every every team uh, every team uh, as as I said uh, are very 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 tough, also us. <laughs> so so it will it will be very 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 tough battles in the in the in the postseason because there is there is the top seven teams. Well, we've seen some really interesting first round matches last year. I think this year is probably going to be even more exciting and, and closer, like you said. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it will. It will be. I think it will not 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 go as four zero or four one one the, yes. the, the series. There there will be four two or four three. The, the, the series, well, how they end it long and and very very exhausting series we'll we'll see and long games with uh with 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 very very much excitement because because they 
there will be a, a supervuoros and and then uh, maybe maybe i can i can compare to shootouts <laughs> shootouts in english so so the so the so the kilpailut <laughs> like like we said in finnish so so the shootouts where where is the pair versus pair pair hitting hitting the runs so i think we will we will see very very long games and, and long series uh, in in postseason well i i can't wait to to see uh, how that postseason unfolds. Um, Artur Ruska, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Also, it was it was nice. <laughs> like, well, but I'm 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 sorry. My English is is oh, no. is not my my mother language. But but I think uh, we will <laughs> we manage very very well with <laughs> with this interview. <laughs> it was it was it was nice nice discussion about about baseball. Yes, uh, thank you very much, and good luck for the rest of the season, and of course, the postseason as well. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, welcome back. Um, we'll now take a short break uh, before we start looking at where the teams position themselves in the league and those final games as we have a run towards the postseason. <laughs> Okay, uh, welcome back. Um, we're now talking about the league standings and where all the teams are going. Now, I mentioned at Miko at the very top of the show that some of the teams obviously have secured their position. Vimpoli, pretty much from from the opening week, to me, looked like a team that was going to finish top of uh, the standings. The big question will come, of course, uh, in the postseason, but um, Mikko, was there ever any doubt for you that Vimpoli would be the top team at the end of the regular season? Not really, no. Uh, after maybe ten games, there was a bit of a like, well, it was pretty even, but you could see that they are like. They're just getting their engine going. And once they did, that was no, like, it was, <laughs> that was it. And uh, because they they are just so consistent. And when they also found their uh, outfield balance, that was the key. Because they just destroy teams in, like, consistent basis. And... Uh, so yeah, it was it was a clear case of uh, they are they are like Manchester City that they start off slow but in the end they are on top. So it's like they they will win their last fifteen games or so. So that's how it, that's how it went. Yeah, I mean. I, I wasn't massively impressed with the way they defended games um, early on in the season, but quite frankly, it really didn't matter because this lineup has so many attacking options and so many points where they can score runs. It's incredible looking at the table and when you actually see that they have 312 
runs scored at the time of recording. The next highest team is KPL with 227. I mean, that's a huge gap. I mean, it really is huge. So, okay, if you don't have the best defence in the league, and they do have a pretty good defence overall, let's be honest, and it's and it's tightened up, like you say, especially in the outfield, as we've um, done some fine-tuning during the season. But it didn't really matter. You know, they could give a run away here and there. It didn't really matter because they were scoring four or five in response. Um, so that's that's why I always thought Vempley would be top. There's just too much force coming from their batting lineup. Yeah. And they they do have the second best defense as well. And at this moment it's like Sotkamo is the only team that has shown anything like uh the they could even challenge Vimpeli in a best of, best out of five series. But like you said that it's like year after year we're gonna at some point we're gonna look at the stats back like in a couple of years and think that how how did they do that? I mean that's like how did why didn't we make like more noise out of it? Because that kind of domination is like it's just it's just ridiculous to be honest. Now behind Vimpel and Sotkomo, who are in second. There's a string of teams vying for this kind of top four position um, for the home field advantage, and of course, trying to avoid the preliminary round of the postseason. Um, the seventh place and the eighth place team will will uh, play in. Now, there is a gap, a huge gap between seventh and eighth. Uh, at the moment, at the time of recording, that's uh, Tarko in seventh and. Uh, Patioki in eighth. Um, so there's no chance of any team bumping up into that top seven. But there's only a few points between seventh and fifth place. And it it really will come down to these last couple of games. I do think that uh, Yonsu's got a, a decent chance out of the rest of them possibly could overtake uh, Kempele from here on out. But um, it's it's looking pretty tight uh, in those games. And, and some uh, unfortunate bounces, some, some bad decisions here and there uh, could determine whether they have to go into the, the preliminaries. Uh, Mika, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's it's going to go down the wire, and uh, uh, if you take a look at the fixtures that the teams have remaining, uh, there's a, there's a couple of key games that pop up when you take a look at it, and those are played on Thursday. And uh, like I said, the recording is on Monday, so Tuesday is a huge game day, and they are. There's some games that seem like uh, like Manse is playing home against Alayarbi, and for example, Joensu is going to they are away at Yumuyusit, so that's that's a 
huge game for them. And Parco uh, have two very tough games upcoming away. And on Thursday, they they play against Manse and Joensu plays against Kempen. So those are like six point six pointers. Like you can say, you can easily say that. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the real key key games, um, as I see it too. And it'll be incredible to watch and just see how how they'll how they'll all go because there, I have no doubt that um, they'll have their eyes going deep into the playoffs as opposed to uh, trying trying to avoid slipping up in the preliminary round of the postseason. Um, the final playoff spots in the men's, um, we're looking at um, Patioki pretty much having secured their place, but of course they're only a point ahead from um, Kite and Senioki in ninth and 10th. The real threat comes potentially from IPV. Now they're on a bit of a surge at the moment, the Tony Larkson effect, as I say, the only team I realistically see them overtaking is Yumiusit. And I think Yumiusit, they've only got one game left to play at the time of recording. And uh, that is uh, against uh, Yonsu, as you just said. I, that's a tough one. <laughs> and I'm not sure they're going to walk away with any points from it. Um, that will give IPV uh, a decent chance they are three points behind IPV. It's it's there's no givens here, but if they can make that last playoff spot, they they have really turned their season around because there was a long time it looked that they would be in that relegation battle, uh, probably with uh, Aliarvi. Um, there was also time when Yumiusit at the very start of the season looked like they would fall behind. And the problem um, team I see it now, um, Koskan Korva, pretty much uh, consigned to that relegation battle. And I feel I feel sorry for them because they they were playing okay at the start of the season. I was thinking about this before. I think the difficulty that they've found themselves in is that IPV, Yumiusit, and Kite to a certain degree, they've all had somewhere to go. They've all had some adjustments they've been able to make, in particular IPV and, and Kite with, with Sami Partonen. Those little differences have made big impacts on, on how the teams have been playing. And I'm not sure Koska and Korva really have those options available to them. Uh, and sadly, they're, as I say, pretty much consigned to that uh, relegation spot. Two games to play. They're four games adrift from eleventh uh, place. Well, who are their fixtures against? Vimpley away. Well, good luck with that. And KPL away. Even on a bad day, I think KPL will will walk that one. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, Koskan Korva back in that relegation battle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they are in the relegation battle that Aliarve will really give them a run for their money. Uh, Mika, what do you make of that very last few places in the uh, the men's super bases? Well, to be honest, Koska Korva made two signings and two season veterans into Malone Mark and Temu Isoketo. So they they have tried to like use everything that they have 
at their disposal. But uh, it's been it's been a downward spiral, and they have lost the key games that they have had in the last couple of weeks. The I mean, the difference is not a, a significant one, but they have the worst defense in the league, and we knew that they have basically lost all their key players uh, coming into the season, and I still think that Antikulesto is doing a, a really good job over there, but now they are in a real threat. Like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't want to go play against Ally Arabi in that in that case. But when we like when we're talking about teams uh, from seventh to tenth, and this is a completely new playoff system which has been tried in junior games, but now it's the first time that they're actually trying it and bringing it to the like big league, so to say. If I was to team number seven, and it's like, like we spoke, it can be any of those top quality teams that have almost a 15 point gap uh, in, in regular season. And then you go and play best out of two series against any of those teams. And you take a look at uh, possibly IPV, uh, even Yumu Yusuf, Kite, Patioki, who are also trending downwards, but on their day, like if they if they hit the purple patch again, uh, that's like best out of two. That's cruel. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's so cruel to like to decide it like that. So the team number seven is like. They are far from being comfortable, just like Koskin Korva as well. Mm. Yeah, I think in many ways, the team finishing seventh is in the worst possible <laughs> spot. The, the spot that nobody wants going into the playoffs, because of course, anybody eight, and, uh, eight nine and ten... They're they're delighted to to be there. I mean, it used to be the the, the cutoff in recent years, um, and of course, one to six, you're pretty comfortable. No matter what the gap between the seventh and eighth teams were, the fact that you're just below that safety, and then needing to go into a best of two series against a team that you know uh, on their day. Any single games they could easily win. I mean, it's um, it's not inconceivable. Um, so yeah, I think there's some real worries uh, for whoever finishes seventh. But there we are. I mean, we'll see how these things go. Uh, moving on then to the uh, women's super basis. Uh, Mansa claimed uh, top spot in uh, the league for the regular season. Um. This was a team who were really sort of struggling in that first part of the the season to kind of connect the dots and make it work. I remember uh, covering the uh, the Oinsu game where they just looked terrible. <laughs> Come out and say it. they looked awful in that game. Oinsu, by contrast, looked really really good, and you just thought, 
is is this the team that that's really trying to to go for it and go for that um that championship that was knocking on the door uh just only last year well they've turned it around they they are the they're the dominating team at the moment at some eight points ahead of of Bordy. um but the big surprise for me and in a, in a positive way is how um Miley Yusid have stuck in they're currently third at the time of recording and they've been playing like it as well you know they've been playing like a team that belongs in in the top uh, 3 or 4 so that's the surprise package for for me this season Lapua, I had my doubts at the beginning of the season. They're currently in fifth. Um, but I know a lot of people were saying, you know, this is going to be their year. It really should be. All the pieces are kind of coming together for them. But at the moment, they're four points adrift from Kiritret, uh, who are in fourth. I mean, it's not going to make any difference when we get into the playoffs, of course. But when we look at the positions and how the teams have been playing overall... I think uh, Lapo have been a bit of a letdown so far this season, uh, in contrast to, to Maliusid, as I say. Uh, Miko, would you agree? I would. I would. I mean, I was obviously I was one of those who thought that if if they're not going to make it this year, when are they going to make it? Okay, they're they have had some like serious like issues with. Not, not injuries, but illnesses and uh, players like Yannick Telepis are off for like they're out for uh, so like a significant amount of time. Who knows if they will be back this season? But even even like outside of that, they haven't looked like a team that actually belongs. Uh, whereas Myla Yusuf, they have. They have a really young, talented core that has taken a step forward, forward, and uh, they do belong in that top three easily, and they can play anyone right now. Even though Monse, they are streets ahead at the moment, and that was shown like when they went to Bori and they just outplayed them, and the, the, well, they have outplayed everyone like for over a month or so but but like the rest of the pack from second to sixth it's it's quite tight and when you come to play come playoff time uh that's like when they are adjusting their game a lot and since you since we spoke about Kiritaret I need to mention that there's this kind of a mentality that since they have been successful throughout the like the <laughs> since the turn of the millennium, basically they have been like they have twenty plus medals uh, since two thousand, I think, or at least twenty. But they they have this kind of a mentality that when it gets tough, we're we're also tough, and that's like. It has become this mantra that they kind of they are saying that, but I mean it's even though it's the last thing to write them out of anything, 
but at the moment it feels like they, they do need to take huge strides forward to be like these best teams in a best out of five just like Lapua they need to they, they need to step up big time yeah and and that that's that's exactly what I was I was wondering about um, when we were talking at the the top of the show. You know, are they going to do that? Can they do that? Do they have that mentality inside as we now coast towards that that postseason? Um, because without their uh, star pitcher Marty Manson, and they they are you know limping into the playoffs they they don't have that kind of anchor at the very base the very core of their team uh, to guide them and help them through and they they probably um will either sink or swim at this point they'll either come out of the gate in terms of these games and really put out a decent performance or we could be in for a surprise um, if the table stays as it is, uh, we could be looking at Lapua Kiritaret, where I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> in that matchup. It really could be the toss of a coin or the roll of a dice. Who who knows? Um, we do know, obviously, uh, who is going to be in the top eight. There is a gap, a a, a gap that cannot be covered between eighth and ninth. So. Johansson Milo have made the playoffs and they deserve to be in the playoffs this year. They've played uh, incredibly well. Um, so we'll see how they go. But if it's a first round uh, outing against Mansa, I'm fairly certain it'll be a very short time in the playoffs for them, but a welcome one nonetheless. The big question mark for me is what's going to happen at the very bottom of the table. Now, um, Roy Hutteret and Kempele at the time of recording both have seven points and they both sit at the bottom of the table Kempele have um, scored their points, yes but they've recorded no wins this season and one of the things I wanted to talk about is as often gets discussed as, as we see in social media the number of teams that would be appropriate in the top division. Now, I've got two competing thoughts here because this is the second time in three years that we've had a 12th place team with no wins in the regular season. I mean, that's assuming that Campbell don't win either of their remaining games. But I think that's a relatively fair assumption at this this point in the season. So we often think, well, is the women's superpasses crowded? Is there too few really competitive teams? But having said that, my competing thought is, who's coming up from Urkespaces? Because the last three teams to come up have done well in their starting season in Superpaces. I mean, Vasa, incredible season last year. They're in the playoffs again this year, despite this huge change uh, of, of players. Harmina, this year, a lot of people said that they were going to be rock bottom, but they're in ninth and comfortably so. 
Before all of that, we had uh, Roy Hutteret coming up, and they comfortably uh, stayed up in their first year. Okay, uh, last year they, they struggled, and this year also. But, Miko, these competing thoughts I have... <laughs> Is is there a correct number here? Is there is there a correct way to go about this? I would actually expand this to the level of organizations because there's a, this is kind of a boom. Like there's this, there's this energy when you get promoted, and uh, these organizations they are they are getting more like exposure on social media and on, on media overall and there's this is kind of a like bit of a um, how should I put it the, the organizations are putting up a, a competitive team they want to build and uh, the first season is a bit of a honeymoon so to say and after that you see how sustainable that kind of that organization and that building of a team actually is uh, those examples are really good because uh, we're, we're talking about teams that are very different like the Vasa region they don't have this kind of a like they, okay, they have big sports teams, but they were craving for, they, there was a place, like there was a spot for this kind of an organization. And if they, they take care of it, they can actually rise up to the next level next season. I don't know, but it's possible. Uh, whereas for Hamina, uh, easily the biggest surprise in Superpresses both in both men's and women's there was like you mentioned that someone said that they're rock bottom i didn't see any season previews where there wouldn't have been rock bottom i mean it's what it was like i like i said in the latest podcast i don't think i had them rock yeah, bottom. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when I spoke to game managers, and I'm not gonna mention any names, but when I when I like asked about what they have seen and how they think about the season, the prevailing thought was that it's Hamina and two of twelve other teams. So it's like, or also, but they they have been like like when. In their most important games, they have been amazing. To be honest, they have they have taken everything out of that material this season, I think. And and yeah, uh, Jones who made the playoffs, I still think that they are underachieving. They do have they have they have players that it's still possible that there's a player from from Jones who. Uh, that can win each individual category and still they're sitting at eight and they do have a Italian pitcher as well so if you're if you have those stats and you're just barely making it to the playoffs 
I I wouldn't be like too happy about it. Six spot would be it's still up, it's still there for grabs. I mean, it's two point difference between eighth and sixth. And Ferrari is having injury issues, big time injury issues at, at the moment. And so they can still slip down to eight. Nobody wants to be eight, like it's or, or seventh. Sixth would be hard, but it's like it's more doable. But uh, but yeah, uh, uh, as for the number of teams, uh, I wouldn't say that there's a correct answer right now. If the plans to uh, like improve the image of superpasses, like you mentioned, if they are, if they actually happen, if they're actually there. Then twelve teams can easily be like it's a sustainable model, but at the moment it's like we do have one or two teams each year that they just scrape those teams from uh, here and there from Ukaspes's level players to be honest, and uh, it's like. <laughs> There's so many issues, and uh, and it's also a fact that not many areas can sustain two superpasses teams in the same organization. So that's also one thing. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think it's a shame that you know we see teams like Ken Blake trying to scramble uh, players together and, and they still don't have any wins and it does make you, you wonder whether they're really that that able to compete but they have had games where they've they've looked able to grab a few points here and there that maybe if look change just a little bit that they pick up a win here and there it hasn't really happened for them um it's going to be an interesting relegation series between Roy Huteret and, and Kempele, and it's really going to depend on who's got the better attitude going into it, I think. Because uh, Roy Huteret really struggling to, to score runs anywhere this season. Kempele really struggling to stop <laughs> runs being scored against them this season. Um, whoever grasps the the uh the core of that game and and puts on that positive spin is is going to come out the victors i think but yeah it's it's the usual conversations we see pretty much every year is there too many teams in in the women's uh, super bases um i mean i i for what it's worth like i I was mentioning before, I like seeing the teams that are coming up and I really enjoy seeing that honeymoon period, as you, as you put it, the, the kind of first year, the, the kind of splash of success. And the thing that really excites me out of those three teams I mentioned is Vasa because of what they're creating there and how they're finding that gap that has been for quite some time um, in, in uh, the university town that it is. Obviously, they, they did have a very successful men's team some time ago, and now the women are, are really 
punching above their weight yet again. So that that's something that I really like to see, and I'd hate to lose that. And I think if you if you do reduce the number of teams, then you are reducing the chances of teams being able to do that. Um, but there we are. So going on to just our top performers uh, in the men's and women's at the moment. So with players, it's still pretty tight at the top between Jukka-Pekka-Vainiompa, Pertu Ruska and Robo Korhonen. Jani is not that far behind either. Um, are we going to get a batting king going right the way down to the wire in this, Miko? We are. We are. And, uh, I mean... At this moment, it's uh, it's so close that it's it really is anybody's guess that how how it's gonna pan out. And but uh, somehow, like uh, okay, any one of those names can can do it. And uh, this, but they're just like three runs apart with a couple of games to go, and. For me, this this is like the it's a classical way for Janne Makela to win the the scoring title, which he has. Like, I don't think they win. He has won like I I think three times, but I don't think that he's been on top of the the very stat before the last two rounds of the season or maybe even the last round of the season so he's been behind somebody and then then he just has like 12 runs in the like last two games and all of a sudden he's the batting king but yeah. uh but yeah all of all of those guys are right now they're are super dangerous so i wouldn't place any bets on them hmm and the player that's that's really um, impressing me uh, in terms of just general batting and, and scoring runs in particular um, is uh, Marcus Kaskipataya uh, from uh, from Kempene. Now he's he's had a, a really decent season, and one of the key reasons why the team's doing so well in terms of offense. Um, He's currently second in terms of number of runs scored, just behind uh, Oli Heikala. Do you think he could uh, could overtake Heikala from here? I mean, I think the problem there is that Heikala's got a lot of <laughs> a lot of people who can bring him home um, in in terms of batting. So, yeah, it depends on if he's healthy or not. Uh, they. They had a game, Kempele had a game today where Keskipata didn't play. So that's a that's a worrying worrying sign. He has had a very good season. He's not a your traditional number one, but he has turned out to be a really good one for them. And uh yeah, Hekala has been strong, uh, obviously. And Mantaustan Demonurumio. Uh, behind them are they are also possible they have been playing like in, like 
especially Nordmir has been just amazing throughout the season, carrying like Taco on his back with Petre Alanen basically. But uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a shame that Mikko Kanala got injured once again because if you take a look at his stats per game. He would have won this one comfortably this year. I mean, when he was healthy, he was just... <laughs> he was scoring runs for fun as a runner. And I think his average is something like two and a half per game, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, without Normio, I think Darko would have been... Um in our discussion alongside the likes of IPV, Yamiusit, somewhere like that. He really has been carrying that team this year. Um, going then to the women's, and we've got uh, Aino Kai Samantara, um, Italansi player uh, this year, and she is far ahead uh, in terms of runs batted in. But in second place, we've got uh, Maria Karkinen. Um So, Karkinen is from Joensu. Two unlikely names at the top uh, at the moment, Miko. Do you think that they'll manage to stay there, or will we see uh, Siri Escola uh, taking that uh, place back off them? Well, I, I want to say that Montere is a surprising name. He was, uh, sorry, she was uh, expected to be somewhere there or thereabouts, depending on if somebody has a season like Escola had, like last season, which was, but like we spoke, was like Shohei Otani <laughs> level. And, but it's like, it's kind of actually striking that, uh, this season, they haven't been scoring that much runs. I mean, 55 is leading the category now. And we all remember that Escola broke the barrier of 100 runs last year. And so it's like, that's, <laughs> that's a big gap. So, so, yeah, but... I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Escola still enters that competition, but um, yeah, so far it looks like it's going to Mandara, and she's been she's been the rock of that team, uh, and basically a huge thing in the whole organization. So it would be just befitting that she would get that reward. Well, we'll see how all these things play out in the coming days and as the regular season winds up. And I think that'll just about do it for this episode as well. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, and I want to thank my uh, guest and co-host, as always, uh, Mikko Björnen. Thank you for uh, being here. Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, now we're entering the the phase of the season that we have been waiting for for basically for months and i'm i'm super excited that we're just uh, about to experience something which is going to be amazing 
And from me, Ian Alba, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed what you've listened to. Uh, If you have, then please feel free to uh, like or subscribe to the podcast. Hey, even leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter or um, Facebook at SuperPesisR. And you will also see me writing articles on the blog. That's superpesisroundup.wordpress.com and occasionally for Hamina's website in English as well. But from me, Ian Alba, we'll see you soon. If you've got something that's hidden far away